0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle
1: and Lawson. Lawson. How are you this morning? Oh, just fantastic. That's so amazing. So great. Um, just hyped up. Did you stand on a saw last night? No, I didn't. Two nights in a row. You That's haven't, right. Two nights in a row My you, haven't, foot is you, haven't put your, you
0: haven't put your foot in your toolbox in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's
1: right. That is it's a sitting on your bedroom floor. That is, that is such a setup for a joke, like foot in toolbox in the middle of the night. Like that is such a ridiculous story, but it literally happened to me. Lawson doesn't put his foot in his mouth. He puts it in, it in the toolbox. In the toolbox. <laughs>
0: in the toolbox. In the toolbox. That's where
1: it goes. <laughs> and in my mouth, I guess. <laughs> I often say silly things. Let's see. What am I grateful for? Okay. So, oh, last yesterday we didn't get to go out to the beach, which was... No we were way. Told, we were it about was how such a nice day. It I was, was. I was praying for you guys down at the beach. But that being said like we did do bible studies and we're currently preparing and organizing everything for O week next week because uh yeah if you guys don't know I work at a at a university uh church plant uh trying to reach the students on campus for uh, you know for Jesus and trying to teach them about God and and um, support them and all those kinds of things and uh yeah we have O week running next week and so we're in our kind of final stages of preparation and you know to set up a booth and to yeah to get people involved so i uh, that's that's been like the the big focus and i'm super grateful like god has really come through for us a number of times in terms of like getting us a spot and everything so do you think you'll make it back to the beach um yeah, but like next week. Like it's pretty much. I think next week we're just going to be flat out every day at the uni yes. because you, the campus is opening and everything. But at some point, yeah, like like we've we've legitimised it. It's if, it's if established. Proof of concept. That's has right. Been accomplished. That's right. We know that the beach is the way to go. Yes. Yeah. Also, the Utah Jazz beat the uh, Golden State Warriors. Utah Jazz, my favourite basketball team. So I'm pretty grateful about that. It's nice a, <laughs> it's a, Yeah, I don't know Whatever I, that, that, Yeah, that's right, that's right Glad you're happy <laughs> Eye rolls right across Australia <laughs> right now You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM Positively different
0: it is the breakfast show here on Faith FM. And because it's the breakfast show, that means that we are about to have our pentathlon quiz. Five quiz questions for you this morning. Let's see how many of you can how many of them you can get right, see how many prizes
1: you can win. Lawson, what's our one hundred pointer? All right for one hundred points. What ruler, intrigued by reports of Solomon's wisdom, paid a visit to test Solomon with hard questions. 0491 064 is the number to call if you know the answer and for 100 points you can win yourself a faithfm bumper sticker and bookmark but also you can just get your points on the board and continue to work your way through the quiz and again that 100 point question was what ruler intrigued by reports of solomon's wisdom paid a visit to test solomon with hard questions 0491 064 669
0: Fantastic stuff. All right. Let's talk about the,
1: what are we talking about? The positively the different positively news. Different let's talk news. about positively different news. That's right. Positively different news this morning. Uh, according to a study that has just been done, a good night's sleep can cause you to eat like 500 less calories a day, which is a considerable amount. That's amazing. So if you, the more you sleep, the less you Eat yes, yeah. it cuts your appetite, which I think from a like concept and I'm going to get into the study because how they did the study is the really interesting part, but um, I think it makes sense from like a conceptual point right because it's like we need food because food provides us energy, yes and, but if our energy is like if we're well rested and maintained, then you would need less food because you're you, you need less energy, right. Like, if you have a terrible night's sleep, uh-huh. you wake up in the morning tired, yes. your body is craving food because you're like, because it feels exhausted. I'm like, yeah, it's exhausted. But if you have a longer night's sleep, you maintain yourself better, then it would make sense that you would eat less. So if you want to, if you, if you want to lose weight, then you just sleep. And that's exactly what they found in this study. So the cool thing about this is, is the way, the way that it was done because, it's really hard. Basically, what they wanted to do is have like a real life study of how the effect, like how good sleep actually affects people. Um, but often they do these studies in a lab um and it's like you know very controlled and it doesn't reflect real life circumstances um and it's the same thing with when they do you know weight loss studies as well like they just chuck people on diets but they're like oh how do we you know we know that diets are good but how can this apply in the real world like how can we get a, a real life we know that lifestyle is good yeah and it's like but how how can we do that so basically they recu- recruited 80, 80 young adults Um, who were, all of them were overweight. Um, and when they like promoted this study, it wasn't even promoted as a sleep study. It wasn't promoted as a weight loss study because at first it wasn't a weight loss study, but they were like, Hey guys, come, we want to just monitor you. And like, you know, they didn't from the outset say like, Oh you know, where are got to be monitoring sleep and then changing your sleeping habits or anything. They, and the reason they did that is because they wanted to get a real baseline. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, hey guys, we just want to, we just want to monitor you. And the, the main like specific thing was sleeping. So they got a baseline for all of these people and their sleeping habits. Then they put them into just like simply like going to counseling sessions about how to have better sleep. Like, that's it. They didn't change their diet. They didn't control their diet at all. They didn't do anything like that. They were just, like, giving them counselling on a better night's sleep and telling them that they should apply it um, as they're part of the study. And then they did. And then the way that they tracked caloric uh, intake, because it's like, oh, you know, if we ask them to write down every piece of food that they've eaten, maybe that will discourage them from eating the food that they would typically eat. So they have this method, um, and it's where you drink this liquid, that is like water, but isn't water. And then when you pee it out and take a sample, it can track like from your stomach itself to how much food's in there and how many calories you've eaten, just, which is
0: just, wild. which is
1: wild. So anyway, so they did that. And then they came to the conclusion at the end, like, again, this wasn't a weight loss study. They just wanted to see the effects on the body of... Good sleep. Good sleep. But they found with all of them um, that they were eating, like, on average, they were eating less, uh, like, 400 calories um, less a day. Um, And for some participants, up to 500 or 600 less calories a day. And all of them experienced weight loss during the time of the study. So this is
0: interesting because to have good sleep, you need to exercise.
1: Yes. And so we've always like, yeah,
0: you exercise to lose weight. No, actually exercise to sleep and then you sleep to lose weight. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, that's right and I think for these guys like they would have been attending their counselling sessions it wasn't just like a counsellor sitting there being like sleep for eight hours it was like no this is was, how you have a good sleep
0: it's got to be dark it's got to be quiet it's it, got to be still you've got to exercise that's right you know they were, they were
1: teaching them about you know sleep practices and hygiene and, and all it's those it's got to be different...
0: regular you've got to be on a schedule
1: that's right and so like after this and, and again they make this point over and over again like this was not a weight loss study but the evidence that has come from it we have Clear correlation, clear causation. Like we've all the controlling factors are there, and we know for a fact. Like, and this is the thing: they didn't prescribe them a diet; they just said sleep more, and naturally, all of the participants were eating less, and they all lost weight. So there you go, guys. Well, on,
0: on the text message it says here: the real reason the more you sleep, the less you eat, is really because you have less hours awake in which to eat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Potentially. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, guess I'm not so. sure it worked
1: exactly. <laughs> like that, that's that's a that's a that's a that's a bit of a stretch. Because I mean the flip
0: side of that coin, of course, is you get people who become depressed and will spend you know twenty hours of the day in bed and they put a lot of weight on.
1: Yeah, that's right. And they um, eat a ton.
0: Yeah. And but that's that's not getting quality
1: sleep. That's right. They're getting terrible, terrible sleep. Yeah. But ultimately, guys, like, you know, when we're not part of the study and there's no one controlling our sleep, but we can just think about it and say okay you know what am i sleeping am i exercising i should probably be doing both of those things and then you'll be healthier and fitter and why is this story making me tired just now (laughs) i feel like
0: yawning do you feel like yawning as a listener as you listen to a story about sleep i don't know
1: i just woke up up. i'm ready to go i've got i have got the pressure of things to do today (laughs) (laughs) that's keeping like let's get get this done let's get out of here (laughs) That's right. Hey, and other news, okay, this is this is being called good news, and I believe it is, but it's it's interesting. It's interesting, to say the least. So, marine biologists um, have done another study, um, and they've found by putting $8 green LEDs on the outskirts of nets that, you know, fishermen throw into the ocean to catch fish, um, it pretty much deters... Um, like, all, and dissuades a huge amount of sea animals, uh, that they don't want to catch. Like, turtles, stingrays, sharks, and all those things. Um, what they call, you know, and their unsought catch. Which can make up to, like, 40% of everything caught within fishing nets. Like yeah, and that's just,
0: that's, that's just uh, stuff that is thrown overboard because it drowns while it's in the net. Yeah, that's right. And so when you pull the net in, it's dead. It's dead. And you just toss
1: it overboard. That's right. It, it's, you know, it, yeah, it's like it says, turtle, shark, stingrays, all those kinds of things. Um, but apparently, like, this is doing a work in dissuading them by just chucking some green lights on the net. For those animals, it makes them go away. And scale
0: fish and so forth still swim in there.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, they found that, like, um, it, they were tracking squid, and it went from, like, you know, the they had a 24% reduction in the amount of, like, squid that was ending up in the nets. Um, with turtles, they had a 51% reduction of turtles ending up in the nets. Um, and, yeah, like, non-game species and, and whatnot, like, you know, sharks and everything would just swim off. Um This all being said, I don't know, man, just don't eat fish. Like, or just catch your own. Just just catch your own fish. Just, like... Go go, plant-based. Yeah, go plant-based or buy a fishing rod. Like, then you don't have to worry about catching turtles and sharks and all that kind of stuff. Like, guys, like, this... And if you do accidentally catch it, you let it go. That's right. Because it won't drown, (laughs) like, in a net. So, yeah, this is, like... This is, like... And they're saying, oh, this is such an easy solution. But obviously, like, it's not totally fixing the problem it's like reducing the problem but it is still a problem and commercial fishing in general is a problem because we fish out all the fish that are in our ocean so go yes on. we do just, yeah. just just stop eating fish there you go win 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 situation oh, right there i think i think um
0: i think this is i think this is the ultimately the solution is to go plant-based because then you don't have to worry <laughs> about it and the ocean will be full of fish and it will be a beautiful place to go and explore.
1: That's right. You can hang out and swim with the fish, and look. If you're really like, if you're a fisherman through and through, you can catch the fish if you want. And that's the thing. You go go plant based, <coughs> excuse me, and, the, and,
0: and and you know for the most part, and then just go fishing on all occasions when you want to catch fish, and there'll be plenty there to catch. That's right. <laughs> you know, you talk to the old timers back in the day, and uh, Darren's texting him to say that we're old timers now. But you know, I remember as a kid talking to old timers. You know, and, and they talk about times when you could just go down to the down to the coast and throw in a line and you know, within within no time you'd have your you know, within three minutes you'd have your dinner and yeah. you'd go home again. Yeah, that's right. We don't fish like that anymore. We just,
1: you know, that's right clean everything out. And even like, yeah, within Lake Macquarie, which is where we live, yeah, dad has told me plenty of stories of like growing up and it's being so full and then professional fishing, like kind of fishing the lakes out and then, you know, now that they've banned it but it's still not at the level it was before. Uh, but yeah, interesting stuff, right? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Let's have the 200-point clue quiz for our... question for our quiz. Question for our quiz. All right, well, we got there in the end. Okay, for 200 points, what phrasing is used to describe the very quick time frame in which Christians will be changed at the sound of the last trumpet? Oh, this is interesting. Okay, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine for two hundred points. You're giving yourself an issue of Signs <coughs> Magazine. But again, that question was: What phrasing is used to describe the very quick time frame in which Christians will be changed at the sound of the last trumpet? Yeah,
0: There's probably a few different ways that uh, translators translate this, and we will accept any of them.
1: Mm-hmm. But there is a real one. Yeah, there's of a, course. There's a good one. There's a King James one. Oh, well, that's the real like, one. Like the good, the, well, I'm sure. Sh- you know, you know there was the Bible gonna, existed I'm gonna, I'm before gonna the King about, James. I'm going to
0: talk about. about I'm going to talk about Bible translations this morning. Oh, uh, good time.
1: Okay. Well, what, what else do you have to talk about? Well, zero four nine one
0: zero six four six six nine is the number to call if you would like to answer the two hundred point question for mm-hmm. the quiz. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bruce says that uh, death is like sleep. Mm-hmm. And dying to self uh-huh. means it's kind of like sleeping to self leads to spiritual health. Wow, there you go. So put self to sleep <laughs> and you will have spiritual health.
1: Yeah, if you put self to sleep, you'll have spiritual health. If you go to sleep, you'll have physical health. You'll just be winning. Okay, so as you heard on the news this morning,
0: uh, Victoria has launched another brutal attack on vulnerable women. Um, not surprising for that particular state, by decriminalising sex work. Now, if they had followed the Scandinavian model in decriminalising sex work, um, then I would absolutely support it Mm. because in Scandinavia what they did was decriminalise sex work and criminalised the purchase of sex workers. Mm. And then they worked under the assumption that women who were involved in sex work were the victims Mm -hmm. and provided outs for them. So rather than, you know, imprisoning them, you know, locking them up, sending them to jail, whatever, fining them and so forth, they went after the guys who were purchasing their services and then provided training, education, um, all kinds of different ways that they could move to other forms of employment. And it has been wildly successful. Mm. And you can't argue with success. Victoria, of course, on the other hand, has gone down the other path, and they've just like, no, let's uh, let's um, just decriminalise it, and they've decriminalised street working. And we all know that um, the highest rate of abuse of sex workers is amongst sex workers who work on the streets. Yeah, that's the highest rate of abuse. They are the most vulnerable. They're the most without protection. You know, at least you know a lot of brothels will be able to hire security and you know private security and those kind of things to. To make sure that things stay under control, you're on your own on the street. So they've yeah. decriminalised that. They've also scrapped mandatory uh, STI tests, uh, sexually transmitted infection uh, tests, because it's discriminatory against uh, sex workers and it leads to inequality. Bro, bro, this so, is so, like so. This is this is kind of the only. <laughs> I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. From one from one perspective, this is. This is incredibly bad for women because yeah. it, it creates um, an environment in which they are going to suffer higher rates of infection and mm-hmm. disease and death. Uh, but it's also going to, you know, backfire on guys as well. I mean, are you going to want to go and purchase those particular services if there's a very high chance you're going to come away with an STI? You know, that's worth thinking about as well. But the the, the thing that sort of the thing that does my head in is that, you know, it is it is it is mandatory in Victoria in so... in, in basically any job in Victoria to get a vaccination.
1: I knew I was going to... I was like, this is... It's, it's the opposite. The, it's to the opposite. obvious. Like, it's obvious. Yeah.
0: And, and so they've got incredibly discriminatory legislation in regards to the vaccination. Um, uh, but when they want to come to sex workers, oh, no, we've got to have equality.
1: Yeah. And then, like over like over, over STIs as well which we like. know
0: are incredibly prevalent and incredibly infectious like and it's and we and we talk about like yeah and incredibly damaging i mean seriously covid compared to aids i know which one that's i right. would, oh, i know which one i would dude. rather have if i you came to me and said you have got to have one of these pick one <laughs> we would all pick covid right that's right
1: yeah yikes
0: yikes victoria oh. <laughs> These guys are just. (laughs) (laughs) What what this is? What this is is evidence of what happens when the Holy Spirit really is unable to get through to people anymore. Yeah, and we're starting to see the thoughts of men's hearts being evil, being only evil, continually, Continually. as it was in the days of Noah. That's what we're starting Mm. to see. Where where common sense has actually vanished. Mm. in the need and in the desire to be rebellious against God. Mm. It's just amazing stuff. That is insane. That is, oh, that is. Okay, the religious discrimination bill that passed the lower house has now been shelved with no end date in sight. Oh. And not sending it through to the Senate. So this was uh, news coming out from last night. Um, And the reason being, of course, there's an election coming up and they want to release their budget for the election. They don't want this to be um, an election issue. It was an election promise in the last election. They did promise that in this term they would bring it through and now it's been just shelved and we don't know how long it will be shelved for. It could easily become uh, an election... Well, I I think it is going to become an election issue. Mm. Uh, And, of course, this is the very watered-down version which, of course, leaves women and girls incredibly vulnerable mm. uh, by giving them basically no protections when they're in schools. Mm. And so, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit despairing about the whole thing, to be honest. But, hey, maybe I shouldn't despair because this is what the Bible says it would be like at the end of time. Mm. Now, well, I did promise that I wanted to talk about Bible translations this morning oh, and oh, Bible yes. Gateway has just dumped the passion. Yeah, that's right. Dropped it like a hot brick. Mm. So this is interesting. They have about 90 translations on there in the English language. Um, And uh, for those of you unfamiliar with the Passion Translation, well, it shouldn't be called the translation, but anyway, uh, the the translator, which was um, Brian Simmons, a a single person, um, and it's always dangerous to use a translation that comes from one person, he stated that this Bible was designed to capture the emotion of God's word.
1: Mm. Yeah. It says here, like I have a description here and it's like the passion translation is a heart level translation.
0: Oh, a heart level translation. Yeah. (laughs) Basically it's full of, of additions to convey God's tone and heart question is, as a human being, how do you actually know God's tone and heart? And you better have to just translate the words that God <laughs> yeah, wrote that's right. and leave it to the Holy Spirit to reveal God's tone and heart to each individual person in each individual way that that person needs to hear it.
1: I was, I was reading the Bible this morning and I was like, man, Jehu gets killed by Joram. I think Joram would be pretty upset. Like That's just an assumption yes. I can make from, no, that's right. from reading the Bible. It's like, not hard to figure
0: out. Yeah, that's right. You can see God's tone and heart right there. He did not want Joram around, <laughs> yeah. and so he asked Jehu to go and get rid of the guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: He, the passion doesn't really draw out those aspects of God's heart. It's very <laughs> biased towards a very airy fairy kind of.
1: God? When you said before, oh, it's 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 never good to read a translation from a single person. I thought you meant it, like because I thought you meant he wasn't married. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's 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 a bit intense. But you meant, yeah, that one person is with his own opinion translating God's word yeah. and saying. I well,
0: got the text messages um, pouring through this morning. Bruce has this to say: the Bible says that the man that doesn't believe in God is a fool. So that's why these people act foolishly. Mm. Uh, Darren, no, uh, what? No, there was a text here somewhere. Uh, Rafi says, Victoria, Greek decriminalisation of the sex workers, the only ones who end up suffering more is women. It's, it's, it's always the case in all of these, in, in both of these cases, in the uh, anti-discrimination law and in this one, it is women who are copping it. Mm. Anyway, um, so coming back to the Passion Translation, enthusiastically supported by Bethel and Hillsong, um, mm. the... Translator, Brian Simmons, uh, stated that the additions were revealed to him by God, in other words, uh, divinely inspired. Mm. So the additions to the Bible is made, um, he claims, are divinely inspired um, and that it highlights the essence of God's original message. So somehow or other he thinks God's original message has been lost, uh, designed to reveal God's heart, and that it is a translation, not a paraphrase. Oh. this is similar to the NIV. Well, the NIV is pretty much a, a bit of a paraphrase, isn't it? But, anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, it, it, in many passages, it has over twice as many words as the original. That's mm. how much has been added oh, to it. You stichy. still get it on Logos and some other Bible software, but Bible Gateway has gone. Yeah, no, this has crossed the line, and we're dumping it. Mm. And there's extensive, you know, hours of worth of uh, you know research on YouTube. That go into the Passion Translation and show just how
1: dodgy it is. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Either one of those, uh, you you got it down. All right, 300-point question quiz. How many nights did David try to make Uriah go home to be with his wife... To try to hide his sin, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call if you know the answer. Um, for three hundred points, you can win yourself a pocket sermon. But again, that question was, how many might, not how many nights did David try to make Uriah go home to be with his wife to try and hide his sin?
0: Mm, three hundred points right there. Let's see if you remember that particular story. Well, joining us on the phone this morning is Grant. Grant, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Now, Grant, I'm going to have a crack at pronouncing your last name. Artuwa, would that be uh, close to it? <laughs> close enough. Close enough. Close enough. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Grant, you're a uh, you're like a like a, a brand new minister, a brand new pastor, uh, just starting out in ministry. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that's right. I'll be studying uh, theology at Avondale University this year, mm-hmm. um, and also commencing ministry at Forrester's Beach Church in the Central Coast.
0: Foresters Beach on the Central Coast here in New South Wales, so that's not too far from where we uh, broadcast the uh, breakfast show from. So that's uh, that's that's pretty special. That's pretty amazing. Now, when you say that you're studying and pastoring at the same time, uh, have you already done some studies in theology? Uh, (laughs) um, No, I haven't. I I actually haven't done any. Okay, so you're you're just just jumping. You're just jumping in at the deep end, then.
2: Yeah, pretty much. from a, from
0: a ministry and a studying perspective, yeah. Fantastic. Hey, so what I want to do is I want to just to sort of get a little bit of background and, uh, well, introduce you to our listening community because we're always excited when uh, there's new ministers around the place, I like to introduce them when we can. Um, Grant, tell us a little bit about where you come from, who you are, your background. Do you come from a Christian home? Um, is, is that the environment that you grew up in? Yes. Uh yeah, both uh,
2: both my parents are similar Venice. Um, I grew up I was born in New Zealand. Uh, my parents are Samoan heritage. Uh, born and raised in Samoa and uh, yeah, um, my father uh, became a seminar Venice, my mother became a similar Vincent. Venice. Um, but most of the families are, are Mormons and Catholics. Okay. So yeah.
0: <laughs> Quite a diverse family that you've got there. And um, yeah. What, what brought you guys to Australia? or What brought you to Australia? Uh, so my dad um, took up a calling in ministry
2: um, uh, back in 99, and he pursued it, which landed us in Fiji in 2001 at Fulton College. Um, and then from there, dad wanted to pursue his ministry calling um, to, uh, with God, and uh, it landed us in Australia in uh, 2004.
0: And you guys have been here ever since then, I guess. Yeah, yep, yeah, pretty much. Pretty and is much your, your, your and, uh, is your is your dad still pastoring somewhere?
2: No, no, he's not pastoring anymore. Uh, just due to health reasons, he's um yeah stepped aside from ministry, but um still does the odd preaching here and there when uh, when requested. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you've grown up as a as a PK then, so to speak, and decided to follow <laughs> in your in your father's footsteps.
2: Yeah, true. I was very reluctant, but yes, I'm, I'm currently on that path. of following my father's uh,
0: footsteps. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. I, I'm interested to dig into that reluctance. But before we do, you know, because there's obviously there's your calling to ministry, and you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to having receiving a calling for ministry, you would not be the first person who's been reluctant to accept that call yeah. <laughs> um, by a long shot. There's a bunch of them in the Bible, and there's a bunch of them that I know but um <laughs> how did you how did you come to give your life to God in the first place? I mean is this something where you have always had a connection with God growing up in a Christian home or was there is there a particular point in your life where you made a decision like this is for me this is mine I'm giving my life to Jesus
2: Yeah so um, growing up as a PK kid um, but also in the Saintventist Church uh, we... I probably should I probably
0: should just jump in there and for our listeners. Yep. Um, let them know what a PK is because um, I'm a pastor and, <laughs> and, and have PKs and so forth, and it's one of those in-house terms. PK simply means pastor's kid.
2: Yeah. Well, there was a chewing gum that was called PK in New Zealand. There was a little orange chewing gum called PK as well. So quite funny. Classic. <laughs> so, yeah, so I grew up um, in a Samoan traditional church. So a lot of our uh, – the way we grew up as a Samoan business was um, – what we found a little bit, uh, what we found very traditional, um, strict um, growing up. Um, but my turning point, um, I walked away from God after I was able to make my own decisions. Um, but my turning point was uh, my wife or my girlfriend back in the time, um, which is now my, my wife. Um, she invested in me um, and my family, and, uh, I, and I saw where her heart was going. Um, and I knew she was very committed to God, and um, and so I that was the turning point for me um, coming back into church and um, pursuing a life of um, trying to add value to people's lives through the love of God.
0: Yeah, fantastic! Praise God, and uh, mm-hmm. praise God for for a godly wife. Um, your family must have been your family must have been happy to see you coming back to to serving God.
2: Yeah, uh, my dad was over the moon. Uh, yeah, my parents are no longer together. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't stop them from um, being excited um, with me pursuing this path of, um, yeah, following God's calling. Mm.
0: You mentioned you've got, you've, you're married. Do you have children as well? Yeah, I have one daughter. She's just,
2: she's just turned one. Um, yeah, on January 7th, she turned one years old. So it's oh, just nice. one child.
0: Fantastic. Mm. That's great stuff. Okay, so, so tell us about you. Said you said you were reluctant in your call to ministry. Um, so maybe a little bit like Moses there? <laughs> yes, yeah,
2: sort of. I, um, yeah, it's been a bit like Moses. I was um, trying to hang up the phone as many times as I could as God was trying to call me in different directions. Um, but um, I, I felt that I didn't need to be called into ministry from a partial perspective, uh, for me to serve in my community. Um, I was heavily involved in the Central Coast, playing uh, rugby league for a few, for a few local clubs. Um, and then I've also been involved with uh, working in the commercial laundry industry, which I've been able to um, do to my position. I was able to help other people get jobs. And then from there, just, you know, again, just adding value to them from that ministry perspective. And I just felt that I just didn't need the, uh, yeah, the, the, the theology or the, or the theory or the title behind being a pastor to minister to the people in the world.
0: And you don't. That's the, that's the reality. There's lots of ways that you can minister to people by being a part of the community, and mm-hmm. being a, a productive member of the community and, and, and sharing Jesus with them. Um, As you do so, but God has obviously called you to do more than just, you know, I I, I guess a uh, a lay ministry, but into uh, full time ministry for God. And you mentioned that, you know, God was calling, and you kept on hanging up the phone. Um, Tell us a little bit about that process. So, so where where was the first where was the first point at which you started to consider or started to, I guess, hear the voice of God saying, "Hey, what about full time ministry?"
2: Oh, I started, well, um, it, it didn't, it became a lot clearer uh, when COVID-19 hit, um, but prior to that, I had a lot of my spiritual mentors uh, mentioned, um, also my father, he was uh, yeah, very um, uh, persuasive, not too persuasive that I didn't join at the earlier stages, but um, yeah, and I had my whole family praying about the fact that uh, what I was doing in the community uh, by ministry and I felt that um, my role uh, would—I you know, would suit the role of being a, a pastor moving forward. But then, when COVID nineteen hit, I wasn't able to pursue my business careers um, in the commercial laundry game, and a lot of doors were shutting uh, for me. Which, uh, yeah, I was very disappointed. And, and but I—I I continued to keep the faith and just leave it up to God, um, and during that process, um, an opportunity for us to pursue ministry full-time, uh, once I received the call, um, yeah, doors started opening, and, um, yeah, I just couldn't deny it anymore, and, um, I swallowed my pride, and, um, That's what God's
0: call from there. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. It's amazing how when you know God calls and was like, nah, we're not listening, we're not listening, we're not listening. And guys like, Okay, let me uh, let me close all of these other doors because I really want you to do this and then let's see what happens. That's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. so so when you decide to do ministry, obviously, you know, the typical path, um it's not always the path, but the typical path is you head off to uh, you know, Bible college, university, seminary, whatever it might be, um you've 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 decided to uh to do some studies, but you've also got a call to full-time ministry which one of these came first
2: uh the course of full-time ministry came first yeah so you, you
0: got a call to do full-time ministry at Forester's <laughs> Beach and then it's like well um I better have some training for this is that kind of how it went
2: yeah so currently I'm actually part like part-time down at Forester's um because of my full-time study load now yes um but yeah originally yes yeah so um yeah I thought I, I better get into uh, learning more about um, giving people understanding of scriptures and and how it all works. Um, yeah, so I decided to study. <laughs>
0: no, that's great stuff. And and, and really, yeah. I think what you need to do is you need to look at both of uh, both of these callings as being your education because you will get an education working in the local church that you can never receive sitting in a classroom. And yes, you know, I, as, a resu- as a result of that experience, you will come out far better qualified than somebody who's just spent you know four, or six years, whatever, sitting in a classroom, uh, because you've actually got real world experience. So I'm, I'm super, I'm super glad, and I just want to encourage you that um, you. it's 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 going to be some tough times ahead because you're going to have some busy years ahead of you, but you're going to get real world experience. And you know, my son who went into ministry that's one of the things I told him to do. I said, look, don't even go and do studies until you've spent some time. In, uh, in 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 real ministry, in actual ministry, because there's no substitute for uh, um, experience. You know, yeah, yeah, what it, the the real thing versus the classroom. Um, yeah, definitely. No, so so that's
2: yeah.
0: that's amazing. Okay, so looking to the future, where do you see yourself going in ministry? Do you see yourself as a church pastor, as a chaplain, as an evangelist, as a administrator? There's so many different things you can do in ministry. Um, do you have any ideas or or, or dreams or aspirations as to uh, what you would like to specialise in? Or
2: yeah, well, so um, I I haven't really thought about that uh, prior to uh, just recent. Um, but you know, I can just say the, the cliche one, and I say, "Oh yeah, um, wherever God leads me, I'm happy to go." <laughs> yep,
0: yep. But, um, that's a good. That's is... it. Might be a cliche, but it's a good cliche. <laughs>
2: Uh, but in this situation, I've got a lot of, um, you know, I'd love to be a church pastor in the local church, um, building uh, families um, house by house in our community. Um, just, you know, again, just trying to add value to them um, and meeting their needs, um, their everyday needs. Um, so then that, that could give me, give us an opportunity for God's love to shine in their house and also in their hearts. But also I've got a lot of family members that, um, that have walked away or, or um I'm not you know don't have a loving relationship with God and um yeah I would like to um pursue him as well um from a from a family perspective i uh I believe that God um has brought me into this ministry um with the type of influence I have on my family to try and at least um plant a seed um so then um yeah, hopefully in the years to come um God will be able to reap the
0: rewards um, by me planting these seeds. Mm. Yeah, no, that's and that, that's that's great. It's um it's so important that we reach out to our family. So we all have so many family members that are no longer walking with God. Now you are starting up down at Forester's Beach. Tell us a little bit about that church, what it looks like and uh whereabouts it is. Maybe we've got lots of listeners in that area, so um you know, head along to foresters beach avenue church and, and and meet grant whereabouts is it and yeah, uh, what what, yeah, kind, of, what the... kind of church is it
2: so it's a it's a brand, it's, it's a brand new building uh, i think it just it was uh, officially opened in 2020 um, so it's 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 between it's warmbull between, uh, and the entrance you go down tumby umby road and then you'll find our church um, on the on the left hand side uh, yeah, it's a spanking brand new church. Um, a lot of things there are, are real new and the environment is massive. They've got a great kitchen. Um, like I love food and I know food can uh, draw a lot of people to an occasion. So they've got a great commercial kitchen. They've got a lot of open space. Um, and uh, I've uh, been talking to a lot of local guys and they've been um, using the <laughs> the parking lot uh, with, uh, with their kids um, just rollerblading and skating around so uh, I, mean, I mean if you're interested in that as well we could work that towards in the ministry and um, yeah we can look at trying to reach uh,
0: people from that perspective. Oh, fantastic stuff. Grant thank you so much for joining us here and sharing your story on Faith FM this morning. We are out of time so we-
2: Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM